0: Welcome to From There to Here with your host, Miranda Dekonski. Together, we'll explore our personal journeys and how they have impacted where we are today. We hope that you'll walk away inspired, motivated, energized, and knowing that there is no right or wrong path. Each path is uniquely our own. And now your host, Miranda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of From There to Here. I'm your host, Miranda Dekonski, and today, I'm so excited to be here with Sue Nabit moore Hopefully I didn't butcher that. I've known <laughs> Sue through the CS community now. It feels like forever. Um, I've followed you for a very long time. You're someone that I have a lot of respect for, uh, the content that you put out and the things that you do for the CS community. So excited to have you here. For those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are?
1: Yes, well, it's likewise, Miranda. You know, I have a lot of respect for you. And thanks for inviting me yet again. So it's wonderful. So my name is Issoon um As you can probably all gather, I'm British. I have a lousy British accent. I come from the north of England, a place called Derby, which is it's actually the centre of, of England. If you, if you draw across in England, it's it's a central town right in the middle. But I've actually been adopted by the French. So I've been living here just outside of Paris now for, well, I won't say how long, so it makes me sound really old, Miranda, but <laughs> let's say 30-ish, 30-ish years. <laughs> uh, so it's quite a while. My husband is French. My husband's called Didier. He's French. And I have three sons who are all in the early 20s. They're all French. And I'm the only odd bod in all that. I'm still British and trying to get my dual nationality after all these years. Um so I love it here I love being here in France and on a professional point of view I am the co-founder of Success Chain uh, which is a company which helps companies either initiate or refine their customer success organizations because as we all know you know we never we never stop with customer success it's it's ongoing and I'm also passionate about customer success here in Europe so I do a lot of stuff to evangelize custom success with different meetups and events. And that's what I continue to do with passion.
0: Yeah, I love that. And just so you know, I am going to be going to Europe for the first time ever in my life. And my first stop, I am going to be in Paris. I'm doing it alone. Uh, My husband can't make it with me. Um, So
1: I would love, if you're available, no pressure, for us just to meet up and see each other. That would be amazing. Let me know exactly the dates, Miranda. We'll make that happen. That would be wonderful. Oh my gosh, that would be great. I'm so excited. Um, So
0: now those that are tuning in to hear you talk about customer success, the bad news. We're actually not going to talk about customer success today. We're going to learn a little bit more about Sue and her journey and, you know, maybe some trials and tribulations that she went through to get her to where she is today. So just kind of going back a little bit, when you were younger, what did you
1: want to do when you grew up? Well, I think I'm still growing up, Miranda. (laughs) I'm I'm still, obviously, obviously my body doesn't say say the same, but I think, you know, in my mind and soul, you know, still got that child, child, childlike kind of feeling there. When I was in my teens, my my dream was to become a some kind of either journalist or reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved writing, and so I was really getting into you know how can I become a journalist, particularly a sports journalist. A sports I, I was always journalist, very, yeah, That's yeah. I really, yeah, I wanted to be a sports journalist because well, I loved sport first when I was very active, doing lots of different sports. Um, playing hockey, you know, you know, like we play jolly hockey sticks in England, you know, on, on the lawn. Um I was in the football team, the, the girls' football team. So lots of team sports, but also swimming. I was a champion swimmer, swimming five times a week and stuff like that. So I was very interested in sports. Um had a season ticket for the local football team, Derby County, where I came from. So I used to go there every two weeks and I was a, a real fan. Um, so that was my childhood dream really of of a career
0: okay well and so you do do a lot of writing so that kind of came true but I don't know if you knew this but Matt Mishkowski which I'm sure you know Matt right yes I do very well dear friend shared on this podcast that he wanted to be a I believe a photographer for sports
1: oh I didn't know that you know okay Maybe you have, have to, to get together
0: to and start. Him up on yeah, okay. maybe you should, you should get together and start like a, a paper or something. He could do the. That
1: photography. would be great. <laughs> that would be great. That's so funny. I didn't know that. So I'll I'll egg him on about that the next time we see each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, are there any moments from your childhood or your past that think map you think mapped you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, all our childhood experiences shape us in some way or other right um and you know we see stats where people say that you know your personality is formed by the age of your seven or something like that but I think in addition to that there are life experiences which really shape the way you are I think for me I think that there were two things as, as a as a child up until the teens I would say um the first thing is the sport I think that that was something that really shaped me um as a person I think I was uh, as a child quite a reserved kind of child. And doing all those sports really helped me get out of my shell, you know, in lots of ways, helped help me to confirm my personality. Um, so I think that's also important um, in, in what I'm doing now as, as a career in customer success, uh, because I think there are a lot of values which are taught doing team sport in particular, which are really crucial for, for doing what we do. So that was that was very uh, important um and on a personal level i think um at the age of 11 my parents divorced so that that was a very um heartbreaking thing for everybody involved but what it taught me is um i think a lot about human relationships empathy all those things you know that we talk about a lot in in what we're doing in customer success so i think it really helped me to understand people's feelings and connect with people which which is very important so those, those were two things in my in my childhood. Um, and then in my career, I've, I mean, I've, I've, been, <laughs> I've been around for quite a while, Miranda, so it makes me find ancient again. But there are lots of things which have shaped, I think, what I'm doing now, which is my passion, which is custom success. Um, so, so one of them was, was being a consultant in change management, which is very important. Uh, and again, it's all about human connections and connecting with human humans um, and understanding what what makes people tick um, and also um, before i was um i was working at a, an integrator here in paris and during that time as well about 8 years and we were very much concerned obviously as an integrator with just putting pieces of software into place and then kind of selling and forgetting uh, we weren't concerned with what happens after the go live, so that's when I thought, you know, we really need to think about, you know, what we are doing with the human beings who are purchasing our software and the integration that we're doing, and we need to go beyond the go live. So that's when I put into place a whole a whole offer around customer success. So I kind of brought everything together um, with my different life experiences. Um, And I've never looked back. I'm I'm here still to
0: tell the story. I love that. I love that. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Another goal I have with this platform is just trying to normalize journeys and maybe some of the mistakes we make along the way. Um, And I I don't know about you, but I've made some doozies and (laughs) they have uh, actually been some of my biggest learning opportunities. Um, when I mentioned that, do you have any mistakes that come to mind that you've made that maybe, you know, you learned
1: from? Oh, did, how long did you say this recording was? <laughs> <laughs> Go on forever, really. yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I agree with you, Miranda. I mean, if, if we don't make mistakes, we, we don't move on. Right. So for me, making mistakes and, and trying stuff and, you know, never fearing failure is is positive. Um, I've made lots of mistakes, obviously, like, like all of us. I, I think one of the things which really stands out, and it's quite funny, actually quite a funny story, um, is when, when I was um, a CRM consultant about almost 20 years, so it's almost 20 years ago, and at the time we had this uh, CRM platform made in France, so it was a French CRM, and that we were taking to the USA So I went on a road trip of of, of about two weeks to Arizona, to San Francisco, and to Connecticut to kind of deploy this French-made CRM. So it was a bit like selling ice to Eskimos, really, in those days 20 years ago. And I remember I I worked very hard preparing all the training material for this deployment in the USA. And I remember at the end of one of those trainings, it was one in San Francisco, and the VP of sales turned to me and said, Sue, that was a fantastic presentation. Thank you very much. But we we just don't work like that here in the US, you know. (laughs) So for me, that was a big, it was kind of a flop. The whole thing was a flop which really made me see, you know, at the time that, you know, when you're talking about tools, it's not just about the tool. It is about the culture. It's about the organization. It's about the process. So from that day onwards, so almost, yes, yeah, over 20 years ago now, that's why I never talk about tools just for the sake of the tools. And, you know, one of my mantras, I'm um, going mean, I call it opt-in. Um, and so it's all about, you know, making sure that the tool is camouflaged within the business environment in which you work. Oh my
0: gosh. You made me think of something um, that I haven't shared on this podcast that happened um, earlier in my career. Um, This is probably, you know, well over 20 years ago now at this point, but I was really gung ho early twenties and had this job that I loved. I was dealing with a lot of folks around the globe. And one of the things that I didn't think about was the tone of mm-hmm. how i communicate in emails and sometimes mm-hmm. i would just write one sentence i need to get an update yes. on bubububub um uh, yes. what's the status of bup, 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 bup. well yes. after doing that for a few weeks um some folks in amsterdam they i really rubbed them the wrong way and i didn't understand because that was completely acceptable within the internal walls of where i worked and when i worked with others you know, in my local region, I didn't have to do my communication sandwich of, hi, how are you? Hope things are going well. Really would love to get an update on this, this, and this. Thanks again for your help, right? I never had to do that. Um, but what I learned really quickly was there was a big culture gap in how information was received. And in my early twenties, I, I, I wouldn't say I burned bridges. They were very forgiving because I apologized and explained, like, I am so sorry." I am moving quick. I will slow down and make sure that my tone is a little different in writing. Um, but it was like this assumption that everybody yes. just communicated the way I did uh, and not thinking about how it was being received on the other end. Yeah,
1: that, that is such a great point. It's so important, especially, well, here in Europe, of course, You know, we have that cultural gap all over the place with, with all the different countries and that the way that the different countries do business. Um, so, it's really important to understand that, not just in the tone, like as you say, but also in the wording, how you address people. You know, I just come from Germany. People are still addressing people in a written way. You know, you have to say if they have a doctorship, you have to address them with the doctorship and everything. So, there are things like that in business, yeah, which you have to take on board. And it's not always easy. So, it's a learning curve for all of us. Right. Right. So,
0: if you could try any, occupation other than your own, um, and there was, you know, money was no object, skills was no object, what would you,
1: what would you do? Well, I, I think we'll go back to my childhood dream of, of being some kind of journalist or, or reporter. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, I, I love watching, for example, documentaries, historical documentaries. And I love trying to understand, you know, how people lived at the time. So I think, you know, those documentaries, you know, they are, they're a statement of, you know, our evolving history. Um, and I, I still think now with with everything that's going on in the world, you know, we have so much to say, to report uh, in images and in words. Um, so I think, you know, if money was not an object, that would be what I would be doing and going out there and traveling the world and reporting on this, that and the other. Yeah. hmm. Yeah, there's
0: a new, um, there's a Netflix special. I don't know if you, you get this over there, but it is, I wish I, I remember the name of it, but it is narrated by, um, former president of Barack Obama and it's about our national parks. Um, it is amazing. I, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. I wish I could remember the name of it, but I started watching it, um, last weekend, I watched a couple episodes and it made me want to just get out of the confines of my house and start traveling to all these really awesome off the wall places. So it's really powerful what documentaries and memoirs, and I am obsessed with memoirs and and biographies and autobiographies and documentaries, I, you know, that is my go-to chosen genre of reading, of television watching. Yes. Um, I love hearing people's personal stories, which is probably why I started this podcast. I like to to really learn from folks and their
1: journeys. It's so crucial and so important. It is. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that's what makes history, isn't it? It's people. Huh? Absolutely. Um, so understanding how, you know, how people function, what makes them tick, how we interact, all that. So, yeah, we have that thing in common, Miranda. And for me, you know, that I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm a real binge for documentaries, history programs, history books, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, one day I might be able to do
0: that. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before we move on from that topic, uh, on a funny note, my husband is absolutely certain that I'm on some kind of CIA watch list because I... <laughs> read and watch everything i can on north korea um, i'm so fascinated by have, no no like that's that's not it, you know being from the united states it's very taboo i you know you you don't go to north korea <laughs> so uh, but i do follow like hashtags on instagram so i could see photos that people post yes um super fascinating
1: anyway oh. I digress Well, um, maybe the world will change and you'll be able to go there one day so <laughs> maybe maybe um if you could give advice
0: to your 18 year old self what advice would you give knowing what you know now
1: yes I mean that's a great question um I I think um I would give advice about being passionate being passionate about what you do, which is what I am really, um, that's sure, and always go for your passion. I think that is something which I've definitely transmitted to my three sons, um, so all in the early 20s, and I just said to all of them, just do whatever you're passionate about, right? Um, don't just follow suits, you know, go with the flow, whatever is your passion. So, so that is something which I'm proud that they've all followed and they're all doing that, you know. Um, I would say as well that it's, um, it's always important, I think, because we have a lot of choices in life, personal life, our career paths. So always um, try and weigh up the pros and cons of each situation. Always ask the advice of your friends and family. But at the end of the day, always rely on your own intuition and your own gut feeling about a situation. I mean, there's so many, you could could weigh up the pros and cons from a factual point of view, from a feeling point of view. But I think, you know, what inside, what is actually your little voice is telling you is so important to listen to. Once you've made a decision, go for it, full hog. Don't regret your decision. Just give everything you can because, you know, life is is an itinerary. And you have several different diverging paths which you can take if you take one path and then you think oh maybe I should have taken the other path that's not good to regret yeah. so just go for it full fling really try and make sure that whatever you're doing you' you've got your passion you're doing it to the full and that you are making progress all the time with whatever it is but also that you're having fun if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then that's a waste of time for me as well. Um, passion, fun, and also give your give your life a sense of purpose. Whatever you're doing, make sure it's purposeful, um, and that you know you're feeling that you're moving the needle forward every day. Yeah,
0: it's really funny. I I love that so much. And this morning, um, you know, when I was walking my dog, I, I like to kind of think about my previous day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the things that I did, um, the things that I need to do today, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a moment of silence in my head. Well, not silence in my head, but silence with myself so I can be in my, my my mind. And this morning I wrote a post on LinkedIn just, you know, completely inspired from my yesterday that today you are one decision away from having a very different tomorrow. Um, and you know, what are you going to do today to make tomorrow better, whether it's personally Mm -hmm. or professionally and how, Mm -hmm. how are you going to have a positive impact on someone? Right. Um, and you know, I try to strive to be in that mindset. I have days where I'm like, oh, this is bananas, you know, (laughs) So then I got to take a step back and remind myself, like, this is just a small snapshot in a bigger
1: picture. I love that. I love that. And I think, that that's a great mantra isn't it at the end of every day you can think back and I try and do that as well I think, what what is the impact that I've had today you know um why have I deserved to live in the universe today you know what have I done <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly. and that's stimulating isn't it you know I think we often think oh god you know I've got this great big to-do list of all these things um and sometimes that can be overwhelming it can be frustrating and we often you know our to-do list is probably longer than our done list. <laughs> yeah. But if we just think of, you know, it's probably only one thing we've done today. But if, if that's a great thing and it's created impact on the people around you and you yourself as well, then that's amazing. Yeah. It's a win, right? Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. So we kind of went through
0: a little bit of your journey from, you know, childhood to current. Let's imagine we're a hundred years from now and folks are reminiscing about Sue. And oh the impact, I know and the <laughs> impact that you had. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Well, it's, it's like the Beatles' songs. When I'm 64 and a bit beyond, actually, in a hundred years' time. Um, well, I, I would like just people to remember me as a, a woman on a mission, a woman on a mission for for helping others in customer success to 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 move their careers forward, either to start their careers or to move their careers forward. Um, and a woman who has helped also her family, you know, I've got a family, so my sons and, and my husband. So I'd like to remember remembered by them on a personal level as somebody who's helped them actually, you know, have the foundations in life, to have a fantastic life, uh, and to have done great things, and to to have given them, I think, the... The foundations to not only be successful, but to have fun and to be passionate about what they're doing. So I love that. So that's my mantra, you know, whether it's personal or professional. Love that. Love that. Last question that
0: I'm going to ask you today. So if you could have dinner with any two people that are alive, who would they be
1: and why? Um, well, actually, I would say two people, they're both dead. Oh, no, one of them's dead. One of them's dead. One of them is still alive. So the first would be Rosa Parks. Yeah, because I, I'm very admirative of what she did. She, you know, she really stuck stuck up for, you know, her values on that bus um, and, and really probably changed the, the face of the way, you know, we're looking at this, this whole segregation issue. And I think she was very brave, you know, real mother courage. Yes. So, amazing. Uh, so I'd love to to meet her and ask her something like you know how did she feel when she didn't stand up on that bus you know in Alabama? So she would be the first person, and the other person who is, um, is still alive is Al Gore. Is Al Gore because I think he's he's really helped to move the needle about saving the planet, and and this is something which I'm particularly uh, conscious of, and I think we all should be as individuals doing our bit to save the planet and and doing stuff we can do on an individual level. And I actually had the pleasure of seeing Al Gore. He was at the keynote at the Web Summit in Lisbon uh, about three years ago that was at. And he was probably the most inspirational speaker I've I've ever heard. He was amazing, an amazing speaker. And I thought, you know, it just takes somebody like that to create that awareness in all of us, to, to make us want to do something on an individual level we could all do something to save the planet. Um, so I'd really love to talk for hours with him on that subject. Yeah, I love it.
0: I love it. And if you could have Rosa Parks and Elgar at the same dinner, how interesting would that, that be? That would be amazing. Right? Well, I could have a whole banquet with all these wonderful people, right? That would be right that would be amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Sue, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and the wisdom you parted upon us today. So thank you for spending the time with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you again so much, Ron, for everything you're doing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to meet you at last. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thanks for
0: listening today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of From There to Here. Check back weekly for new episodes. For more conversations about this episode and more, please feel free to follow Miranda on LinkedIn. See you soon.